Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawbeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. We should be going, yes. And we'll turn that one off. All right. Uh, this is another fine day in the Lord. Uh, we got doing, uh, still got some technical difficulties. Uh, it started out from yesterday. Uh, mom figured it out. So we're going to get right into it and we'll, we'll work with the tweaking of it later. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this new day in the Lord. Uh, thank you for waking us up this morning. Heavenly Father, our hearts are heavy for those that are hurting this morning, that we, uh, that um, and those that are in the battle, those that are um, struggling this morning. We our hearts are heavy for them. I ask Heavenly Father that you be with them, be with um, those that are in the hospital that um, are on our prayer list. That uh, we are fervently praying for them, and uh, we also we also pray for the. All of us, uh, as we are either coming into the battle, we're in the battle, or we're coming out of the battle, let your word prepare us for whatever situation, whether prosperity or adversity, um, whatever situation, let us, uh, let your word prepare us to do all, um, to your glory. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And, um, this morning we, um, Start out with, uh, we, we are finishing up with the woes. Today is the last woe. Um, Jesus is taking these, um, the Pharisees to task. And, um, listen, he's doing this out of, you know, not out of animosity, but there's, there's different dynamics going on here. Number one, there's the opportunity for the Word of God to, to do its work. In the Word of God, uh, what what we read in in uh, Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. Bring this up. Let's see, can we do that? There we go. Hebrews chapter four, verse twelve. For the Word of God is living and active, and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the uh, division of the soul and the spirit and both joints and marrow, and is able to judge the thoughts and the intents of the heart. And um, this word, and and it's the word, the, um, the Lagos. And Jesus Christ is the Lagos. And he's taking these, um, these Pharisees to task. But he doesn't, he's not doing it out of, um, what do we call, um, I, I, the word escapes me, but he's not, he's not doing this to be mean. He's not doing this to be angry, but he's doing this out of love. And though the prophet knows their, knows their destination, nonetheless, let their own negative volition put them there. 
Let them let, let their own negative. But Jesus, at this point, to identify, to lay it out. Here you are. He he he's giving them the woes. He's tell he's calling them hypocrites. He's calling them. Um, and the, there is the he's he's called them blind. He's not going to be done. He's going to continue on, and he's going to call them the brood of vipers. And um, you know, I, I I think I mentioned the other day. It's like. Little Johnny comes in to tell his mom and says, Joey just called me a no good, low down scoundrel thief. Mom knows that they're just throwing around rhetoric, you know, this kid, this is a banter between kids. What does mom say? She looks back at Johnny and she says, well, are you? Because if you're not, you have nothing to worry about. But here is, um, but Jesus is, is laying it out to them. And if Jesus says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, he is the truth. And what he's laying out before the, um, what he's laying out before these Pharisees, it gives them the opportunity. Are you? Are you these things? When the word of God is convicting, when the word of God, um, you see, we can look in the mirror of God's word and we can um, and it can hurt, and it can hurt. Another reason why we should, um, why we are to be disciples, why we are to be students of the Word of God. Because the Word of God is light. It shows us every spot and every blemish. And our prayer should be, Lord, let us open up the eyes of our hearts that we might see ourselves as we truly are. That because arrogance is a blinder. And these, these Pharisees thought that they were okay. And, um, that's a big danger is when arrogance blinds us to as we truly are. So let's go back to our passage here. Uh, as Jesus is dealing, dealing out the, the last woe. Matthew 23, 27. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombstones, which on the outside appears beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness. In the time of writing, even as today, you know, um, graves are are taken care of, they're gardened, the tombs are whitewashed, though they, they are tombed, they... They, they, they clean them up on the outside and, uh, the, the garden is taken care of, like the tomb that, um, when, on the resurrection day, when Mary ran, uh, came into the resurrected Christ and she didn't recognize him thinking he was a gardener. These places, the outside are cleaned up. Even though the inside are full of dead men. It's like a, it's, it's like today, a funeral. We have, there's a coffin, there's a dead person in that coffin, but there's flowers, there's music, there's pictures, there's everything that comforts the outside. And everything that, that, that kind of eases up the, the, the blunt fact that inside is a dead person. Our mother, our father, our, our, Children who ever had died, and um, 
And so here it is that Jesus says to him, listen, on the outside, you're looking all prim and proper. In the previous verse, he spoke about their actions. On this verse, he's, he's speaking to them about their outside appearance. That, um, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like white okay, When Again, we go back to hypocrites. Is he being insulting or he's stating a, a, a statement of fact? They are hypocrites. The problem is that they don't know it. You are like whitewashed tombstones. On the outside you appear beautiful, but on the inside full of dead man's bones and uncleanliness. Um, so you too outwardly appear righteous to be righteous men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The um, So here, add to him, add to this. He says that Okay, and according to the law, to touch a dead person, you're unclean. And when you, you speak of uncleanliness in the Bible, it speaks of being ritually unclean. You can go through Leviticus and you can see the laws pertaining to cleanliness, and there's a number of things that will make you unclean. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, um, Mean that you are outwardly sinners, that you had committed some sin, um, uh, it didn't necessarily mean that it was a sin of tongue, mental attitude, sin, sin that we, that would make you unclean. There were things that would just automatically make you unclean and make you, um, um, unfit for worship at that point or, um, to be served in a temple if you, if you, um, a woman at her time a month would be considered unclean. The, um, a, to touch something dead would be unclean. You would be unclean. And, um, that just means that you were not fit for the worship ceremony. You were not qualified for it. So Jesus right there not only tells them that they're hypocrites, but that, but they were unfit for worship. They were unfit at that time to even be spiritual leaders. And um, so, the woe deals with their appearance. And um, and he says, "Okay, you're all prim and proper on the outside. You're looking good, like religion is today." Religion, and I, I'll, I'll remind you that I'm, I'm not talking about our faith and, and, and our relationship with Christ because this confused me the first time I heard it. But when you, when you come down to, um, religion, and I've heard that religion is Satan's ace trump, that it'll look good on the outside. It'll paint up the outside. Um, oh yeah, you're prim and proper. You wear the you wear the right clothes. You carry your Bible. You're you're you sit up straight in church, and you put on an air of piety. But yet on the inside, how many of those people? We you know we spend a lot of time going outside the church, um, looking for converts. We we're looking for converts on the outside of the church. Sometimes we need to 
pay attention to what's going on on the inside church because there's a lot of people that's looking prim and proper. They're looking good on the outside, but on the inside, they're as spiritually dead as anyone that we could find outside of that church. So, once again, he calls them, un- he calls them unclean per the law, rendering, uh, rendering them as you're unfit, telling them that they're unfit. And so to add to the woes, Jesus calling the Pharisees hypocrites. He calls them blind. He informs them that they're unfit for spiritual service. They themselves are unclean. So, these statements are directed against the Pharisees. And while, while it is insulting, they do have, they do have an opportunity, I believe, that they could respond. That they could stop it. And I think some of them did actually. I think someone took, I believe there were those Pharisees and those scribes that did take this to heart. And that they, they, that this was the word of God and that they, they began to realize in themselves who they truly are. On the other hand, it may be that they were locked in. I believe a lot of, I believe a lot of them and these direct, the ones that Jesus objected to was locked in to negative volition. They were hardened. Their hearts were hardened like clay. And there was, there was no ability. They, they were locked in to the path that they had already set, kind of like, um, Judas was. So if Jesus, who is truth, calls the Pharisees blind, unclean, hypocrites, what do you think they are? Exactly what Jesus said they were. Speaking the truth gave each of them in the sound of his voice the opportunity that um, they could ask, they could look in the mirror of God's word and again bring it back. That's Jesus in his time dealing directly with the Pharisees. But with us as we come to the word of God. Um, the word of God is convicting as we just read in Hebrews chapter 4.12. And it lays everything out. It exposes the soul. So you can look in the mirror and you can look at yourself and say, I'm all right. And how many people have you asked, you know, when when you're asking, it, um, if you died today, would you be going to heaven? Would you, are you saved? Um, however, have you, however you present it. How many times do we get, well, you know, I'm a good person. I try to live a good life. I hope so. Um, and all of this thing. And these people are looking in a physical mirror at the outward appearance. But the word of God goes strictly to the heart, um, dissecting the heart. Where are you in your relationship with the Lord? Am I truly these things, and if so, if if the Word of God is slicing and and dissecting my heart as I truly am, then it brings us to our knees to say, Lord, help me. Help me in my sinful condition. Allow me to examine myself rightly and to rightly judge myself that I shall not be judged. You see, arrogance, which these these uh, Pharisees were, and these scribes, these Pharisees, 
arrogance blinds us to our own inconsistencies. Oh, we'll see the inconsistencies of others. Oh, we'll see others um, when they fall short. But arrogance blinds us at where we are, and it's dangerous. Sin, uh, arrogance was the first sin, and it was the sin of, um, of the devil. It was the original sin. Thinking more lofty of oneself than what you are. And it blinds you of the, 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 and when, when you can, when you cannot see your own inconsistencies, then you don't deal with them. I like what the, uh, what Pastor Vody Balcom says. He says, if you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. So the word of truth is not designed to tear one down, but to shed light on one's own um where one is well, as as Jesus said when he came into the garden to Adam he said uh he said where are you the word of god is to 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 shed the light that we can properly see ourselves that it becomes our judge that it becomes our uh the basis of where we are in the spiritual life but the words of Jesus will not be received in good light by the Pharisees. They will not repent. But they, and this is on them. This is not on Jesus. Jesus didn't damn them. He didn't come into this world to um, condemn. But he came into this world to save. And though men did not like his message, like in First John 1, what do we, what do we have in, um, I think it's apropos to go to John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was a light of men. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it, and that um, overpower, the darkness did not overpower it. And um, so, and later, and John, and John three says again. Jesus did not come into this world to condemn the world, but to save the world. And that includes these scribes. That includes these Pharisees. Their their um, condemnation is their rejection of the message, and um, and that's what that's what we are condemned on is that we have not believed that, um, and so. Matthew twenty three twenty eight. So, you too outwardly appear righteous men, but inwardly you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And um, we talked about we talked about the uh, the um, hypocrisy, lawlessness. Bring that up, and lawlessness is. Um, Anomia, 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 and it's to behave with complete disregard for the laws or regulation 
of a society to live lawlessly, lawlessness, lawless living. And, um, you know, it's a good example. We see today that the boundaries of the law, you see, authority restrains evil. And, um, and we are free. Going back, and there was a law in the garden for the woman. Uh, for the man and the woman, that you are to eat from any tree, but the tree in the center of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat. There was a boundary, and those boundaries, the law, keeps us into a relationship with the Lord. Going outside of those boundaries um, is doing what you want to do, but cannot do, which is what lawlessness is. Lawlessness is wanting to do... Uh, um, doing what you want to do that is outside of the boundaries of God. Certainly the law, the commandments, thou shalt not murder being, being one of them. The, the, the Ten Commandments, the, and, and provided a boundary by which we are to operate. And, um, to, for the woman in the garden, and the man to take from the tree. They had to go outside the boundaries of the law to do what they wanted to do. The Pharisees had to go outside the boundaries. They hated Jesus. You see, Jesus' words was the truth and it was, um, it was fueling a fire of hatred within them. And so, um, with every word, they, and it, it, he didn't say he picked a fight. Just like he did at Mount Transfiguration. When he went to Mount Transfiguration, he was picking a fight with the unseen realm. That the unseen realm had to, had, uh, was on full alert when Jesus showed them who he was. They knew who he was, but on this, he was, he was showing the kingdom. And it threatened the unseen realm. It, it put them on red alert. Well, this is, this is also fueling the fire. Jesus is picking a fight. And and as he's doing this, it's going to be a fight that's going to take Jesus to the cross, and that's where victory is going to be won. He has to go to the to the cross. Okay, so um you can be outside of lawlessness. When we step out, when we sin, we step out of the uh relationship with God. We're outside of the circle. At that point, we recognize that we have sinned. We repent, that means a change of mind. We confess our sins and we move back into the, the light. Um, and we have sins of the tongue, sins of the mental attitude sins, sins of uh, the overt sins. But when we spend, when we spend so much time in the darkness, we begin to move further and further and further away from the light. We become more and more blinded to the light. And then finally we become, we get to a point where our hearts are so hardened. I believe there's a point of no return. And I think this might be where the Pharisees and the scribes were. They were lawlessness. That's the, that was a system that they functioned in. That's the system, the only system that they knew. So once again, lawlessness is the complete surrender to living outside of the boundaries of God. 
a complete surrender over the dictate uh, uh, surrender over to the dictates of Satan in the unseen realm. They were Satan's willing accomplices. Um, so Matthew twenty three twenty nine. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build tombs of the prophets and adorn monuments of the righteous. Okay, at this point they've, they, uh, well, let's just read on. And say, if we were living in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partners with them, uh, in shedding the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves. That you are the sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of the guilt of your fathers. You serpents, you brood of vipers. How will you escape the sentence of hell? So, Jesus is looking right into their hearts. And probably repeating the very things that they've said. And I know he is. He's repeating the very things that he said. He goes, Here's your own words. He's throwing his, his their own words back at him. Well, you know, we we read this. If we were back there, we would we would not have been partners with these who killed the prophets. We would we would not have done this. But yet, what are they doing right now? Jesus is a prophet. Uh, John the Baptist is put to death. I'm sure to their delight. Because Jesus said, "You have anything against your brother?" Um, you're already murderers, and they certainly hated John the Baptist for his message. They hated Jesus for his message, and they're going to kill Jesus, and they're going to go on from here. They're not going to stop here. Oh, they're going. They're going to be really happy for a moment when they put Jesus up on the cross. These religious leaders think that their problem is going to be all over for just a time. Okay, finally we got this one out of the way. But no, they're going to be worried about somebody's going to take the body. Then they're going to have to be worried. Then when um, the the uh, 12 disciples uh, or 12 apostles go out and then then the then the very foundation of the church, they're going to be fighting all the way up to their their last day. There's not going to be a day of rest for these, but they're going and then they're going to seek to put the. Um, the apostles to death and they will um they will be successful um they will be successful at it but they won't be successful at stopping the message of Christ from going out and uh woe to them so the words of the prophets echo their exact thoughts and Jesus puts it right back to them that you said that you weren't that um, if you were back then, then you wouldn't be participating in killing the prophets. And that's exactly what you're doing now. And um, remember what Jesus said in um, Matthew 23, 37. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets, who stones those who are sent to her. How often I want to gather your children together. The way the hens gathered her chicks under her wing, and you were unwilling. So all the way from the time of 
the Cain who kills his brother Abel throughout the scriptures. And today, uh, these, these religious types, and it hasn't stopped. That very same spirit that functioned within the um, Pharisees and the scribes has remained alive throughout the whole church age. Going back to my statements on religion, religion itself has put more people to death than anything else and and throughout history. And it's going to coming up into the realm of the Antichrist. In the realm of the Antichrist, there's going to be a one-world um, religion, and it's going to be open season to the saints and um, living in that period of time. And they're going to be at an all-out war against anyone that names the name of Christ. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning of fellowshipping in your word. We pray, Heavenly Father, that these truths will continue to echo in our hearts. I pray, Heavenly Father, that we are we continue to be the students of the word of God. That we look at the word of God honestly. That we use it as a mirror to our own souls. That we might be asking ourselves, where am I in my walk with the Lord? I pray, Heavenly Father, that you open the eyes of our hearts. That that we might see ourselves as we truly are. That we might repent. That we might turn around. That we might honestly... Deal with, with our, ourselves and let the word, and, and come to repentance that we might walk righteously before thee. Pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. We'll work out these technical difficulties and, um, Lord will and Spirit God, we'll be back here in the AM. You can again as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.